0: And behold, with the clouds of heaven came one like a son of man. And the Hebrew word man is pronounced Adam and we pronounce it in English Adam because that, the, that's a Hebrew word and it literally means man. There came one like a son of Adam. Adam. And he came to the Ancient of Days. uh, That would be God the Father. And he was presented before him, verse 14, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that all peoples, nations, and languages would serve him. His dominion is everlasting, will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. One of the things that is unique about Christianity is prophecy. It is um, uh, rare in any religion to have a prediction, uh, one man said, especially of the future. (laughs) Because you always get them wrong. But here is, the Bible is full of prophecies and this is one of them now to get this you have to go all the way back to about 600 years before christ and 600 years before christ uh, the first worldwide empire came into existence babylon under nebuchadnezzar and he's actually the one who captured Israel and deported them to Babylon, which is where Daniel is when he has this vision. So Daniel sees these four kingdoms. If you didn't get last Sunday's message, it's on uh, Facebook, I believe. Uh, and, but I would get that from last Sunday and just compare these two uh, visions. But in, in Daniel 2, he sees four kingdoms. Well, these are the same four kingdoms Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Now, let's back up to uh, chapter 7, verse 3. Four great beasts came out of the sea. Now, <clears throat> uh, Verse 17, just a quick note. These four great beasts are four kings who will rise out of the earth. So there's your interpretation. There are four kingdoms, and they're successive. They each come one after the other. Daniel 7, verse 3. Four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion with eagle's wings. Now that would be Babylon. They're the first worldwide empire. Nobody ever conquered the whole earth until Babylon came along. Then, as he continued to look in verse 5, Daniel 7, verse 5, another beast, a second one, like a bear. Now this is, if you follow chronologically and historically, is Persia. They defeated Babylon. Um... And the second beast, Persia, is like a bear. Now, I was reading this stuff this week, and and, uh, it was interesting to find that there's one animal that can often defeat a lion, and it's a bear. Now, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a movie I saw years ago, but it traumatized me. But uh, uh, bears scare the daylights out of me. I had a, a friend of mine who was hunting, bow hunting up in Canada. And, and uh, as he turned a corner, he came across this huge grizzly bear. And that thing stood up. And I said, what'd you do? And he said, I didn't do anything. I was paralyzed with fear. And uh, I said, well, what'd the bear do? Obviously, he didn't eat you. He said he finally turned and went away. But it was traumatizing. And so the Persian Empire rose up and was able to become the second worldwide empire, typified or symbolized here by the bear. Then you have a third kingdom. In other words, who defeated Persia? Verse 6, After this I looked, and behold another, like a leopard. And he had four wings on his back. And the beast had four heads and dominion was given to it. Here's this leopard. Remember this is ferocious symbolism. Who's the third kingdom? It's Greece and Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was an incredible young warrior. And he fought For about 12 or 13 years, he died when he was like 33 or 4, so he died young. But he fought 70 major battles and never lost a single one. He died of some kind of food poisoning in his tent one night, but he wasn't killed in battle. And his kingdom was divided into the four generals that were his wings they uh, in fact if you just google the four kingdoms of Alexander the Great you'll, you'll get the names of those four generals East, west south and north they all they just divided up the kingdom into those sections but Alexander was like a leopard he was so quick and fast he went all the way from Greece to India and conquered every army that stood in his way and Persia was one of them so that's the leopard. Then in verse 7, you have a fourth beast. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, exceeding strong, with iron teeth. Now, the fourth kingdom we saw last week is Rome. It defeated the Greeks and became a, a, an earthwide global empire. So the Roman army was, is compared here to this beast with iron teeth. And look at what it says about the, the Romans. It says in verse 7 at the end, it was different from all the beasts before it. And it had ten horns. Uh, the ten horns, When I was reading it, I, I remembered years ago I read where Rome was divided up into provinces. Called senatorial provinces because the Senate did not want the emperor, the Caesar, to have all the power. So they delegated ten provinces to the senators. And so if you Google this and just look at the ten provinces of senatorial Rome, and and it had ten, 14 A.D. In 14 A.D. they had ten senatorial provinces. Well, this is what it's saying here. Uh, There were ten of them. It is divided up in its power and it's thrust into ten sections. This is incredibly accurate in the description of the history that's going to unfold from 600 B.C. on down into the time of Christ. You know, Isaiah 21, 43 says, uh, Show me the future then I'll know you're God. Well, he shows us the future, and I say he's God. No one else does that the way he can do it. Let me show you one other quick thing. Um, He says in verse 7, I saw in the night visions this fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful, exceeding strong with iron teeth, and it would devour and break in pieces and then stomp with its feet what remained. Now, now what does that mean? And here's what Rome would do, different from the other uh, kingdoms. It would humiliate its, its defeated foe. After it conquered them with its iron teeth, its Roman army, then it would humiliate the ones it defeated. It would take, for example, a city And it would completely wipe them out. And then it would burn everything to the ground, plow it up like a field, and then turn it into a garbage dump, a latrine, a huge sewer system, so no one would ever build there again. It it not only conquered them, but then it would stamp them with its feet that was Rome the iron fisted ten province empire of Rome and uh, in verse 8 I considered the horns the ten horns and they came up among them another one a little one uh, and he had uh, eyes like a man and a mouth speaking great things. And, and this is kind of debated back and forth. This probably is Nero. He had a big mouth. He was crafty. He had eyes like a man. He, he looked intelligent, but he was crafty and he had a big mouth. Nero was one of the first to claim that he was God. I just thought that was interesting. Interesting. So you have these four kingdoms that encompass 600 years before Christ, starting with Babylon, then Persia, then Greece, then Rome, right even including Nero probably. He had a big mouth. That seems to fit Nero. Of course, it could fit a lot of politicians. (laughs) But uh, then you have one more kingdom, just like you have in Daniel 2. Look in uh, chapter 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven came one like a son of man he came to the ancient of days and there was given him dominion and glory. See here's the fifth kingdom once again just like you have in Daniel 2. This is the kingdom of the son of man. This is what happened at the ascension. Now that's important. This is not the second coming of Christ. This is a coming, but he's not coming to the earth, is he? Look at verse 13. Behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days. See, he's going up to heaven to stand before the Father. And present himself, having died on the cross, having been raised the third day, and ascending into heaven. Remember how in Acts 1 he ascended with the clouds and the disciples were looking up till the clouds received him out of their sight? Well, the clouds just kept on going with him as he ascended up into heaven. And there he went before the Father, called the Ancient of Days. And God gave all authority in heaven and earth unto him. That's what he said in Matthew 28 when he appeared to his disciples. He said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Think of that. All authority. Authority over every man, woman, child, the day of your birth, the day of your death, every cell in your body, everything that happens in the heavens, every star, meteor, every bolt of lightning, And everything in the earth, every flood, every tornado, every hurricane, every rainfall, every snowfall, every change of season, it is in the hands of the mighty risen Christ. He's given it to him. That is the kingdom of the Son of Man. And he says, he came up to to the ancient of days and was presented before him. Now, there was a man named Albert Schweitzer. And this is back in the early 1900s. Albert Schweitzer, what an incredible person. He was a musician. I mean, he he got his doctorate in Bach and Beethoven. He was a missionary. He went to Africa and served as a missionary. He was a medical doctor. There was, there was, this guy was the most incredible intellect and philanthropist. But he read the Bible and came to the conclusion that Jesus died disappointed, that Jesus had come to set up his kingdom on earth. And when he was crucified, he died in a dramatic, unfulfilled, disillusioned death. Nothing could be further from the truth. Actually, that was the view of the Jew in the first century. That Jesus came to set up a kingdom on earth in Jerusalem, a literal Jewish kingdom, and rebuild the temple, refurbish the temple and restored Judaism, and he would rule from Jerusalem. That was the view of the Jew in the first century. And Schweitzer said, and it was true, and he died disillusioned. And I I thought, so smart, but you have missed the primary essence of the gospel. In Luke 24, Jesus went and caught some disciples as they were walking out the third day after he was resurrected, and he said, Oh fools, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Don't you know that the Son of Man had to first suffer for our sins, die on a cross, and then be received into glory? How did you miss the crucifixion in the entire Old Testament with the sacrificial system and the prophecies of Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22? How did you miss all that? Isn't it amazing how people can miss the obvious? If you don't have a crucifixion, you don't have the gospel. There is no kingdom without the crucified Christ being resurrected and ascended. So this is Christ ruling from heaven. So here's four things about the kingdom I want you to see. One, this is the kingdom of the Son of Man. This is the kingdom... <clears throat> the kingdom of a new Adam, a new creation. Remember how Adam was given authority over Eden? And, and uh, he was every beast of the field, every, everything, all the animals were subject to him. Well, here are the beasts, and here's the son of man, Adam and he's got authority over those beasts. This is Eden restored in the ascension of Christ and with the bestowal of all authority into Christ, God has begun the restoration of his original creation. Wow, and we're living in it. What an age that we live in. By the way, Uh, Notice how he views human government apart from God. They are beastly. they If you take God out of the equation... See, Jesus is... His kingdom is humane. It's the son of man. But what are these kingdoms? These are lions and bears and leopards and... I don't know what kind of beast Rome was. It had ten horns and, and it had iron teeth. But, it's, but these beasts are dangerous. Human government is dangerous. Do you know why when our founding fathers came to the shores of, of colonial America... They eventually came up with layers of protection like uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the three branches of government, the legislative branch, judicial branch, and the executive branch. Why did they do that? Why did they balance it out? Because they didn't trust the government, because they knew that power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely. You put power in the hands of fallen man and his sins and he will hurt you. He will be a beast to you. And they put layers of protection in our constitution and in our bylaws and in our declaration of independence and in our branches of government so that the people would be protected from its government. Can I get an Amen. Do not trust a government apart from God. That's why every president, they've all been professed Christians that I can remember. I mean, Bill Clinton, what was he? He was a Baptist. Do you know that? And uh, who came after him? George Bush, he was a Methodist. And then uh, who came after Bush? What? Trump? Obama. I, what was he? Wasn't that? It, he was a professed Christian. And then uh, uh, Trump. He was Presbyterian. Remember uh, 2 Corinthians? <laughs> 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 um, and then George Bush, he's Catholic. You can't get in the White House now unless you profess to be a Christian. I ain't saying whether they were or not. I don't I don't I ain't judging that. I'm just saying that they want to cast their anchor into the Christian harbor in order to ride into the White House. Because they they recognize this country has been is does not trust government on its own apart from God. So there's, that's kind of built in to our system. Anyway, this is the son of man who has authority over these beasts. Uh, a second thing is, and when you look at these, Christ is ruling from heaven. Notice, again, he came with the clouds of heaven to the ancient of days. It's not the second coming, this is his his ascension into heaven. So it that means that it's an invisible kingdom. It's not a literal material kingdom. It's a kingdom by the Holy Spirit, which means uh, you have a verse like 1 Timothy 1:17. 1, to the king invisible, or to the king immortal. An invisible be glory and honor forever. See, notice king. He's a king, but he's invisible king. Now, if you want to see the kingdom, you have to look where his, his body is in the church. His body is us. Remember that we read in Ephesians 1. But it's an invisible kingdom. And also, it's a progressive kingdom. Um, it's an increasing kingdom. You find here... In verse 14, to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. One translation says, shall serve him. In other words, it's, this is part of the prophecy. It's in the future. They, at, one, at some point in the future, the kingdom is going to increase and grow so that all people, all nations will serve Him. This is consistent with what we saw last week with the stone that hit the feet of the image. Ultimately, Christianity will conquer the earth by the power of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, it will Christianize every nation. We just have to wait quietly, like Habakkuk said, until God increases it. Listen to Isaiah 9, 7. Isaiah 9, 7. He will be called Counselor, uh, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And and then here's what it says. And of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase, constant progress, of His government, His kingdom, There'll be no end to it. It's going to keep growing. It's going to keep going. We have uh, have a a young man that's applying for the mission field in our congregation at Bristol Road. Sweet and wonderful young Christian man. He went to a training session by our denomination's uh, mission board, uh, orientation. And I said, "Uh, David, how many people were there? How many are going out? He said, a hundred. And I said, how many of these orientations do they have every every year? He said, four. Hundreds of people. Right now we have 5,000 missionaries that our denomination supports across the world. And we're sending out hundreds every year that are going to the mission field. See, there's where you put, put your focus. Yes, the world in many parts, is it's getting worse, but the increase of his government, there will be no end to it. Now listen to the rest of that verse in Isaiah 9-7. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Oh, man. It's not based on our zeal. It's based on God's zeal. God's so excited about His Son and the kingdom of His Son, He said, I'm going to see this gets done. If one church departs from the faith, I'll raise up two more over here that's faithful. If one preacher goes into heresy, I'll raise up two more over here that's faithful to the gospel. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The increase of His government knows no end. So I call you to relax in Jesus. Amen? Let's, have, let's, have, let's unplug the TV a little bit here and recognize the kingdom of God wins. It is increasing. It is growing and Jesus is Lord and there's no competition. Let me give you a third quick thing and uh, that is when you look here, the, it's full extent. It's global. All people, verse 14. All languages. That's where we're headed. That The the kingdom God gave to His Son, it's going to encompass all languages and governments. And then one final thing is it will never be destroyed. It's an everlasting dominion. The last phrase is it will not pass away. You can't persecute it out of existence. The apathetic will abandon it, but you can't abandon it out of existence. God will raise up churches and send revivals and commission angels and He will protect and bless His work in the earth. It will outlast all of us. There was a, uh read in preparing this... There was an old uh, Caesar. He was one of the last persecutors of the church in uh, 290 A.D. Church had been The church had flourished for 300 years, almost 300 years. But he decided at the urging of his mother, he was going to put an end to Christianity before it got out of hand. He said, we got to kill it for it If we don't do it now, it won't be done. At the urging of his mother, Diocletian, began to arrest Christians. He began to put them to death. He passed a law that said anybody caught with a Bible or in a church gets the death penalty. And it was a horrible time of blood and violence and persecution and gore the beast was unleashed. And he finally, after two years of intense suffering, he put up a monument that said, it's in Latin, but I'll give it to you in English because I don't know the Latin, but it said, the name of the Christian is extinct. (laughs) That was in 298 or 300 AD didn't happen. Uh, in fact about nine years later Constantine came to the throne of Rome. He was an emperor who was the first professed Christian as a Caesar. And he put he emblazoned on all of the shields, of his soldiers, across right in front. That's just a f- eight or nine years after Diocletian, and after he had pronounced Christianity extinct, didn't happen. In fact, one of the things I came across, there's a, a town where Diocletian is from. He was born in Split, Croatia. And today, their, uh, uh, Diocletian had a large palace, a mausoleum made so that when he died, it would be a great place of tourists to come and visit. And, and it's, it's got this huge section down the middle. It's open. And then you have the two sections on each side. His mausoleum is on one side where his corpse has lain now for over a thousand years. And you know what's on the other side? A church. <laughs> and every time people walk in and they walk by the corpse of Diocletian in order to worship the risen Christ, <laughs> I imagine they wave at him Going over here to worship Jesus. Sorry about your situation. It's amazing. It's a a church and a convent. It's called St. Martin's in Croatia. Named after, no doubt, Brother Martin back there. (laughs) I told you he was St. Martin this morning. But, folks, Jesus is Lord. His his kingdom is forever. It will not be destroyed. That's what it says in the book. And that's what I embrace with all my heart. And that's what I invest in and commit myself to. And whatever your problem is today, Jesus is Lord of it. There isn't anything outside of His command and control. You appeal to Him for favor. Don't go... To the beasts, the government, please help me. What do you think would happen if you went to a bear or a lion? Can I have mercy from you? No, you know where you get mercy? Right here in the kingdom of God. Right in the church of Jesus Christ. This is where you get it. This is where you find it someone shared with me this morning that uh, Foss Avenue Baptist Church over in Flint that they would see their members out in the community and they would be mowing lawns and picking up debris and just doing things and they stopped and asked said why are y'all doing this? They said We want our community to look nice. We want our environment to look nice. That's the church. It makes a difference. If you took the church out, this would be a Sodom and Gomorrah. But here we are. If you want mercy, if you want kindness, if you want goodness, come into the fellowship of God's people. I know there's some churches that are weird. We're not exactly on your normal scale in the middle either. But God's Spirit is here. God's grace is here. God's favor is here. We will give you money. We give people money all the time. Go to, go to the bank and say, can you give me some money? Now, it, it's not a good question to ask. They might think you're robbing it and call the police. We will pray for you. We will pray for healing for you. God has answered remarkable prayers in in healing people, including me. So be in the kingdom of the Son of Man, the new Adam, the new creation, which lasts forever. Praise His name. Let's uh, bow together in prayer. And ushers, you come. Speaking of the kingdom, let's invest in this kingdom. Let's give. This is, the, this is what, you, what you give here is eternal in the heavens. Let's pray together. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you so much today for the wonderful kingdom of God. And I thank you for letting us be in it today. I thank you for the visible expression of it, which is your church. I thank you for this church. And I ask your blessing and strength upon it. Bless our givers today. May they know your favor, your guidance, and protection. Amen. Let's say in worship with one last song. Where we go. <laughs> and there's a sling in my voice, ain't a stone in my praise. Pushing back when the darkest weapons fall there's a power on my lips